This is a podcast I uh, thought I'd never record, but life can change so quickly and in an instant. of the show. Hope you're all doing well out there guys. Um, this is the first podcast we've put out in I would say more than 10 days, nearly well over a week or maybe 10 days. Um, but welcome back. Um, hope you're all doing well out there once again. Uh, it's This is going to be a, a difficult one to record this week. So it is. Um, one that I never thought I'd actually get around to record one day. Never thought this day would come but or anything like this would ever happen, but it has, and that's why I'm sitting here today recording this podcast. I thought getting another po- getting it back on the on the on the back to normality again from obviously what's happened over the last week or so. Um, instead of just sitting about, but obviously keep my, my my mind going well and uh, try and keep myself busy. But yes, I'm here. If I do ramble on quite a bit in this podcast. I do apologise, but it's going to be a bit of a difficult one for me to uh, record today, but I'm here, and the record button has been pushed. Now, we did record a podcast for, not Tuesday past, there, Tuesday before, um, but things changed, and unfortunately, I got around to releasing that podcast. I may even release it before the end of the week. Um, it was actually a very good podcast, actually very, very, very good. A lot of great questions from you guys and whatnot, and talked about some really interesting subjects. I still have the podcast recorded, so I may actually re- just drop that podcast after this one. Um, so it is quite a good podcast. But anyway, yes, guys, moving on. Uh, so yes, welcome back to the Murami podcast after a short break. Um, hope you're all doing well once again. Um, before we continue on with the podcast, I just want to get into the usual uh, stuff that I like to do at the start of each podcast every week. Um, if you're new to the Murami podcast... Hello, welcome to uh, the Mirror Army uh, podcast for the first time. If you're a regular listener, hello, welcome back once again. Uh, if you'd like to contact the podcast for any questions or anything at all you'd like to talk about here on the, the show, um, you can contact us by the following methods. Um, first of all, would be the email, which is mirrorarmypodcast at yahoo.com. If you want to contact us by the old trusty social media, um, which is first of all Facebook, which is Mirror Army YouTube channel on Facebook, which is part of our YouTube channel, and also it's a home for the podcast as well. Um, if you want to contact us on the old Instagram, which a lot of you do every day, if you want to contact me personally, uh, it's official Matthew Moore on Instagram. Um, if you want to drop us a mail or follow any of our social media posts, you can do that, or the main source, which is the Mirror Army website, mirrorarmy.co.uk, for all your. Mirror Army podcast merchandise, Mirror Army YouTube channel merchandise. Watch back all the videos from all the YouTube channels and more. Um, if you're listening to us here on YouTube for the first time today as well, here um, don't forget to hit subscribe uh, on the uh, the YouTube channel here. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast here, um, and if you're listening to us here on Apple Music or Spotify, please add us to us to your playlist because it is free to listen to the podcast every single 
week. Right, guys, where should I start? Um, if you don't know the news, I want to fill you in. Obviously, what's happened over the last, sort of say, 10 days. I haven't really been sort of doing any much vlogging. Um, I put a couple of videos out on the YouTube channel uh, from the Liverpool game this past week, which I'll talk about later on in the podcast. Uh, I've obviously put a couple of wee bits and bobs out um, on social media since last week. I said yeah, I recorded a podcast for last Tuesday, um, which I, I didn't get around to dropping it because of what happened. Um, guys, if you don't know, this past week or so, um, my dad, who you all know from the YouTube channel, which a lot of you out there do love my dad, even though he is, is as mad as a bucket of frog sometimes, and <laughs> he is a bit of a, a freaking clown. Um, it it it's 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 hard to talk about, you know, when you when you you have a parent out there who you think is invincible, and they've been around all your life, obviously. Um, but this past week, guys. Uh, my dad unfortunately had a, a small minor heart attack, which to be quite honest with you fucking sucks. And that's been totally straight to the point. Fucking sucks. It's a nightmare. Um it's kind of strange how it happened though, because you know, I was dad's been complaining for a while there, obviously he's put the weight back on again, like myself for fuck's sake. I mean, I've been putting on so much weight since my breakup last year. Um, it's unbelievable, and trying to get it back off again, as you all know, guys, by trying to do a bit more walking and exercise, and trying to eat less crap. But this last ten days, that that's been out the fucking window. Obviously, with uh, stress and worry about dad. Um, what actually happened was, guys, it was kind of fucking strange how it happened was because it's it's an interesting one. Dad was out with mum last. Well, it was even it happened. They were of all the fucking places in the world to be like. It's uh, um not October passed, but the October before, guys. You haven't watched my YouTube channel. You'll see my my grandmother passed away. Dad's mum passed away. Um, she's dead. Well, about a year now. Well, October about a year and four or five months now. Dad was up at him. Sorry, her and my grandfather's uh, graveside. Like all the fucking places this to happen, like a fucking graveside. Like he was up there helping, no clinic to help clean up the, the the area and stuff like that, and you know, put lay some fresh flowers down, etc., etc. Um, it's kind of strange though, because I, 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 I go up that place up there as well, that graveyard which is nearby where we live. It's weird because where my grandparents are actually buried, um, just directly facing it is where you probably all know from my YouTube channel and stuff like that there and I'm talked about on the podcast as well my friend who passed away quite young my best friend growing up as a friend his memorial tree where his ashes are scattered is like directly facing my grandmother and grandfather's fucking headstone which is just really really weird such a coincidence that the fact that they're so close to each other which is fucking weird dad was up there with mum doing obviously a bit tidying up and whatnot, and he said to mum, it was a, bit, it was a windy day because he was telling me when I spoke to him at the hospital, it was a windy day, and he turned around to mum and he told mum that he couldn't he couldn't catch his breath. And mum was like, oh, why just the wind and stuff like that? See, dad, here's a, th- here's a fucking problem. Dad, for this while, hasn't been looking after himself recently. Now, dad can go through phases where he can drop a lot of weight, like myself, quite easily, and then put it all back on again, but dad lately hasn't been looking after himself, and he admit that to you now. 
and we were all saying to him like dad seriously fuck's sake wind your neck and he was sitting around eating a load of crap and he was smoking more and he was wasn't looking after himself and this one day he was up at the recently there he was up at the, the headstone whatever else there and he told mum he couldn't catch his breath so mum's like what he goes oh, tingly fingers and i'm feeling my fingers and it was like what the fuck here like seriously so dad mum said to him come sit inside his car so we did whatever else and he ended up he ended up just leaving there and he fucking came around here that afternoon as well and he was in my house and stuff and I was just like, Are you okay, Dad? And he's like, oh, it just sounds like a bit of indigestion and whatnot and things like that. And I'm like, fucking hell, like seriously? So he went home and the next minute he was taking himself to the hospital just to get checked because here's the thing. My mum's a fucking nightmare for this. Like everything that happens to you in life, no matter if it's a grazing your fucking knee or you've got something like it could be easily done from home, mum's automatically pushing the panic button and sends you to the fucking hospital or just go get checked. You could spend six hours in A&E for the stupidest things, which, you know, you're for yourself, it's it's just, you do it yourself at home. But mum's one of those people like, ring the doctor, you gotta get checked. Ring the doctor, you gotta get checked. And we keep sending her all the time. You don't have to ring the fucking doctor and torture the doctor. There's more people, important people that are here to be looked after more than what we are. But that's just mum. Mum's old school. <laughs> She's never she ever listens sometimes. She could be a stubborn old so and so at times. But anyway, Dad goes to the hospital, takes himself up, and this this is a fucking pain in the ass. Guys, a few months ago we all know I was at the Ulster Hospital. And I, I, I if you haven't watched the videos, I, I explain more what happened to me. I done a, a special video. I had a, had a pretty much a scare a few a lot of months ago. Um I explain more in the video if you want to go and watch it on the YouTube channel. Um and I encourage men to go and get checked for prostate cancer and all these different things. I had a bit of a scare myself, which I ended up being clear. But when I was up at the hospital, I noticed these fucking rules they still have in place where you cannot come into the A&E department on your own. You have to literally be, so you have to go in there on your own. You're not allowed to have anybody with you. And my dad's going up there with fucking chest pains. And they only let dad in on his own. Seriously? And... They're using all these fucking bullshit excuses. Now I have COVID and all this fucking crap. It's really, really pissed me off because I had conversations with mum on the telephone about this and I was like, mum, seriously, they won't even let you into the fucking hospital room because that's crap, seriously? And this is the thing that pisses me off at the minute. I'll talk about that in just a wee second, but this this, this, this this hospital situation with the NHS, I've talked about it for months on the, on the, on the program here. The NHS is a fucking mess at the minute because of this fucking nonsense from three years ago. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest about this because you know me, guys. I'm honest in this podcast, and I don't give two shits what anybody has to say about it. But the point is, Dad gets himself to the hospital. They do a couple of X-rays and one on him, and they 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 obviously confirmed to him that he had a slight, tiny, minor heart attack. And Dad admitted to me. I was even out with him yesterday, and he was telling me yesterday as well that he broke down in tears in the hospital. Now, over the years, guys, I haven't seen my dad cry that often. You know, whenever his mum passed away, when his dad passed away, and very, very rarely dad cries. He's one of these old school men who doesn't, like, cry that often. Now, he has got more softer as he's got older. Like, when he was in his 30s and 40s, he was, like, my age. He was just as wild up as anything. He was old school. You know, men don't cry. Men don't do this. It was that generation, guys. You know what it's like. Men don't speak in that generation at all compared to more and I. But... You know, dad didn't cry that cry that often. And I've seen him crying at his, his mum's funeral, his dad's funeral. 
It's not that often you see dad crying. But anyway, the point is, that apparently he, he told me he broke down in the hospital crying and stuff like that. And this is the thing that fucking pisses me off, right? My dad was left to sleep in a bed in a fucking hallway. So he was. In a hallway. He was left in a hallway lying to sleep in a hallway. Why these fucking morons are coming in and... There's any departments of fucking mess. They're bringing in people who are drunk or been out partying too much with the old drugs and bringing them straight in and whatever else. And people are being left around the fucking hallways. Even old age pensioners were left sitting outside in ambulances to sleep in ambulances overnight. The whole NHS is a fucking mess. In my opinion, it's a mess. So dad's left up there. Mum gets to go up a little bit with Tony to see him. Um... When I went up to see him the next day or day or two after, his bed is not in a ward, not in a room, it's in a fucking hallway, Dad. And they had they put these little stupid partitions around him. So they have the leaving land in the hallway. And I actually spoke to one of the nurses and I said, Why come he's not in a room? There's not enough beds, there's not enough wards, there's not all of this. I'm going, Okay. Why? And I go back to Annie. Right? You're not, you're not, you have to go in on your own. So if you walk up there and your fucking heart's falling out of your chest, you have to sit there on your own. You're allowed to have your wife with you or your kid with you or whatever. And I and I, I just said to the staff, why? And said, COVID. And I went, are you fucking serious? One person at a time because of fucking COVID. You can be lying there dying with a heart attack and you're left sitting there because of fucking COVID. What a load of bullshit. Like when I was up there a few months ago, guys, the fucking place was an absolute mess. You know, and they've no hardly any, well, okay, they've hardly any staff in the A&E because of a lot of reasons. Because I, mean, I remember a few months ago when I spoke to the person who was dealing with me, I said, why are you so short staff? Because people were leaving because they were being underpaid, which I've talked about here on the podcast many a time, which I think the NHS people who work hard get should get more money. People flipping burgers and McDonald's get more money than fucking people working in hospitals now, which is ridiculous. Um, they're either sacked because they never took their COVID job, which is bullshit. Um, or they're just being mistreated they just don't want to be there anymore. And they wonder why the NHS is up on its fucking knees. It, it, the place is a fucking shambles. So my dad's left on a hallway. In the Ulster Hospital. In Dundonald. Lying in a fucking hallway on a bed. But in A&E. It's, it, it's, it's what pisses me off by fucking A&E. Right? It pisses me off to the back teeth. You could be sitting there with a legitimate fucking serious issue. Like, say, for example, you have a fucking hole in your head and the blood's pissing out of your head and you need about 50 staples across your head or whatever, or you've got a, a young baby who's legitimately needing help and they bring in drunken bastards who've been in on a piss obsession for two or three nights who've been too busy fucking taking drugs or partying on it and bring them straight in. And that pisses me off. And this is this is another thing, this is the main reason what pisses me off at the minute about Andy. See these fucking GP doctor surgeries? They're really getting on my tits at the minute. People from GPs and doctor surgeries are getting so fucking lazy. And they're getting... Ever since this COVID bullshit, right? Even to get an appointment to see your doctor is a nightmare. And when you get there, what do they do? They fall you off to an out-of-hour service. Then who then fall you off to go to A&E. Which you don't need to go to A&E. Because your surgery could deal with you like they normally did before fucking COVID. But instead, they're fobbing you off to the hospital, blocking up all the fucking queues, p- 
People like my dad, who needs help because he's had a fucking heart attack, are left sitting in wards and hallways and whatnot. Why people are being, you know, clogging up any because the doctor's surgeries are so fucking lazy to even look at them themselves. I've been speaking to a lot of people over the last couple of days on social media and in person about this, and they all agree that GP surgeries are becoming too fucking lazy since COVID. And that is my honest opinion on it. If you don't agree with me, then that's your choice. That's your opinion. But my opinion is GP surgeries become too fucking lazy. Even trying to get a doctor's appointment now is a fucking nightmare. Like I went to the GP surgery yesterday to drop off uh, a letter because Lewis had to go for a, an appointment with his uh, ADHD specialist um, at the hospital yesterday and they gave him a, a, a note about his medication and stuff that he receives. And I took it to the surgery and I walked into the surgery yesterday with the letter to hand in to Lewis's GP and the, the looks that I was getting from the GP surgeons was to say, oh, you should not be here. You could not be, why are you here? Blah. And I'm going, hello, I'm only handing a fucking letter. And the... Uh, it's just the GP surgery became so fucking lazy. And they're fobbing you off. And to add insult to injury, right? Here where I live in Northern Ireland, in, in Bangor, County Town, the nearest out-of-hours place for out-of-hours like appointments for, like, you know, say I have a sick child during the night or whatever, something like that, is about eight, five, maybe seven or eight miles up the road, Newton Ards. They're closing that fucking place down in Ards Hospital. So they're going to fob you off there to go straight back up to any at night time, which people there who are generally in, who are in problems who need help, that's why it's called accident and emergency. Not fob your fucking GP appointments off to us. Emergency area, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And this is what pisses me off. The whole NHS is an absolute mess at the minute. And it's, it just pissed me off. Whenever I was on the phone with my mother going to say that the first time, she was like, Oh, we can't go in because Dad has to come. Dad had to physically get up off the fucking bed and come down through all the wards and through all the stuff to see Mum and Tony at the front of the hospital. And I was like, "Why are you not allowed in?" Oh, because of the rules and stuff. And I'm going stick their fucking rules up their ass. You want to go and see Dad? You go and fucking see Dad. Know what I mean? It's an absolute shambles. Like that time I had my incident in Andy a few months ago. I I couldn't. Physically, guys, I couldn't sit down on my backside because of the issue I was having. And I seen people just thinking, fuck it, and walking in. Like, I, I was sitting talking to this mother and daughter, and they asked them multiple times, could you please leave your... Like, her daughter had a lot of underlying health issues, and she had a problem who needed to be addressed urgently. And they were saying, like, oh, just leave your daughter there. And I looked at the girl, and I went, how old is your daughter? Fifteen. I mean, they asked you to leave your 15-year-old daughter sitting in an accident emergency on her fucking own when you get all these drunken fucking scumbags coming through there who are, God knows from where and when, they want to leave your underage daughter in an accident emergency on its own because of the rules of COVID and one person per thing. What a crock of fucking shit. What a crock of fucking shit. And the girl went, I wasn't leaving anywhere, I'm not going anywhere. And I went, well, you're just right, I'd be the same. That's like me leaving Lewis and then in his own fucking off back like 10, 12 miles down the road and just leaving them there until they decide to phone. Leaving a fucking underage child in A&E? Really? Like, where is the, where, where, where's the fucking sense in that? What a load of fucking shit. So anyway, getting back to dad. I could talk about this bullcrap all day, but I'm not going to. 
I did hate to start this, vlog, this, this podcast. I may rant a little bit on, so I apologise if I am ranting a little bit. But it's just this whole thing at the minute. It's really getting on my, my nerves. The way this whole thing is since this COVID crap. Everything's all messed up. I can just go back to the way it fucking was. Like, seriously? Like, what? Why can't... Oh, don't. Anyway, back to Dad. So Dad's in this wee... Fucking room thing. Uh, this wee hallway thing. So the next day, myself, Tony and Mum thought, right, we're going to see him. So we went up into the ward. Well, this ward area. I had him sitting in the ward, but we always see beds and ward, but Dad was in the hallway. And, get, and I give, him the, give the staff their dues. The staff in that... in that Because what actually happened was they moved Dad on the Thursday night from the Ulster Hospital to the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast, which... Thank God they did because the Ulster Hospital is a fucking shambles. So Dad ended up in the Royal Victoria Hospital, which is a massive, massive hospital. Um, but before they moved him on, we went up to visit him on the Thursday day and gave the staff their dues in that ward, Ward Three C, where it was Ward Three C, in the, in, the, in the Ulster Hospital. Um, so dad was moved from A&E to a wee ward for the night. Obviously, he was sitting in the hallway of a ward, but he wasn't actually in the fucking ward. They, they they put these partitions up for him and turned it into the best possible way for him to have privacy and whatnot, and he had everything he needed. So on the Thursday, more, uh, we went up and seen him, and then on the Thursday evening, not long after we had left from seeing him, he was in good spirits. By the way, he was talking away and stuff, and I was saying to him, you know, are you okay and whatnot? And then I put the stuff out in social media, which, by the way, guys, your response to that was just phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. The amount the, the, the thousands of messages and emails and it was just overwhelming. I just cannot believe the support that you guys gave my dad since he this happened to him. It was just I was showing him some of the stuff and he was just fucking flabbergasted about it all. He couldn't believe the amount of response from you guys saying how much you loved him and how much you loved his personality. Some of you were telling me about the time you met him in person, you know, about the times you've ran into him in, like, local shops or out and about, whatever, or he was in Lisburn one time or Belfast or Bangor, whatever. The amount of response that we got was fucking unbelievable from you guys. And mum said to me, you know, mum's kind of old school, why did you put it out in social media for it? Well, at the end of the day, people are going to fucking find it anyway. You know, because we're, we're in the public eye through YouTube and Facebook and social media and whatnot. So people are going to find out eventually. And I said, Mom, if it was the worst case scenario and the worst thing did happen to Dad. And lucky enough, it didn't. You know, people would have asked where he is. So at the end of the day, I don't lie to my viewers. I don't lie to my audience. I don't lie to my friends. I don't lie to my family. You know, lying doesn't get you anywhere. So that's why I decided to put it out there for... That uh, people know that, that that dad is okay, and a lot of yous were just fucking unbelievable. The response that we got was phenomenal. Like guys, honestly, you, you just don't. I always say this all the time on this podcast: how much your support means to us as a family. But fuck me, the response that you give us to dad, wow! My inbox and Instagram, I I still haven't got through them all. My inbox on Facebook. From the Facebook fan page, unbelievable. The emails, Jesus Christ, there's been so many emails, I cannot get over it. It's just 
again, I'm using this word flabbergasted. You just blew my fucking mind. And I was telling Dad and showing Dad and reading out some of the messages to him. And he couldn't believe the amount of response that we got from you guys, the Moore Army. It was unfucking believable And I, I am just so grateful for everything that Jews have given us. You know, whether it's buying a t-shirt for the support of the Moore Army. Whether it's watch our videos. Whether it be say hello to us in public. You know... It's unbelievable. Like, for example, on... What night was it I went? Saturday, was it Saturday night? Saturday night, I went to the ice hockey just to get out of the house, to get my head cleared. Um, it was a football Friday night. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, massive night for football for Lewis and I. Um, and a lot of yous come up to me on Saturday night and at the SSC Arena in Belfast, and a lot of yous were unfucking believable Oh, my God, I'm sorry to hear about your dad. How's your dad? How's your dad? You know, is he okay? Is he fine? When's he getting home? You know, guys, it was just unfucking believable. And I sat there and I said, Dad, you don't understand how many people are contacting me about you. You know what I mean? And Dad was like, oh, no. I showed him my own private Facebook where obviously we had friends and family, which was an even massive response to as well. The boys from football, Jesus Christ, on Friday night, the amount of people come up to me on football on Friday night, was unbelievable supporters you know members of staff like christ almighty dad was supposed to go to football with us on friday night and he couldn't obviously but getting back to dad again i mean we we're sitting there with him and they moved him to the, the royal victoria hospital on the thursday night because when i came home on thursday as you all know guys thursday's my day of the week where i switch off from the world and have a few beers and talk and just video call a few friends and talk to mum on the on the phone and just have a, a sometimes Tony comes around and have a few beers, have a laugh, have a joke, just chill out and switch off from the world. And I was sitting there talking to dad at the hospital on Thursday and he's like, Oh, suppose you're gonna go home tonight and have a drink and, and do your wee Thursday thing and all, and will you chill out and all? And I went, No, Dad, not today. And he just looked at me right in the face and he went, Bullshit. He says, Go home and do what you always do. He says, Have you time? Maybe what about you? Say something happens, he goes, I'll be fine. He says, just you go home, have a beer, anything happens, I'll phone you. And he did. He, when we got home that Thursday night, he was he rang me and we're talking away on the phone and he was telling me that they're moving him to the war, uh, the other hospital, which was great. So they moved him, got him into the hospital and put him in a wee, a wee room up there. He got in, finally into a, a room, thank God. He finally got into a fucking ward, which was great. And then he said to me that we're going to do more tests the following uh, following morning, ASAP, first thing, 8 o'clock the next morning, they were going to give him this dye to take and do an x-ray. And they said, the, the way they were looking at it was, if everything was all clear, it was sent, they were just going to send him home. But they said if they had any concerns whatsoever, they were going to put uh, stents in his heart. And by that stage, I thought, oh, shit. I thought, right, okay. So, went to bed Thursday night, get up on Friday Friday and stuff like that, and Friday was a big day for Lewis and I. As I was, I was talking to you for the last couple of weeks, guys, last Friday night was a fucking massive night for Lewis and I in football. Um, our football team, we worked for the Hardwick Welders, got into the quarterfinals of the Irish Cup. They were playing Larne, who are the Premier League leaders, the, big, the, the best club in the country right now. They're top of the Premier League and they're fucking flying high. Um, we were playing them on Friday night. Guys, what a massive occasion about that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But Dad was supposed to go to that game. 
and unfortunately he couldn't go because of obviously what's going on. So Lewis and I were away with the club all day. We were supposed to be at the stadium at ten thirty in the morning, uh, which we were, and it was round about just before, just after the boys done their morning training session. Dad called me to let me know that they'd done the, the, the scans, they put the dying stuff in the check and whatever else, and it came back that they're going to um, put in two stents in his heart. And I thought, oh shit! But he was like, no, no, son. Honestly, I remember the conversation well. He was like, calm calm down it's fine this is actually going to help me and I went right okay explain more now I have always heard of people who have had stents in their heart and they've lived the happy life for another 20 30 40 years whatever but then some people who have had them in and have passed away say five six seven years later because they haven't looked after themselves but as I said to you before to start this, Dad wasn't looking after himself at this period of time and he was smoking a lot more and he was eating a lot of crap. Even Mum was telling me for months he wasn't even eating proper dinners, he was just eating shit. So I said to him, right, Dad, what's the situation? And he was like, we're going to go in here this afternoon, get these put in and I should be home tomorrow. And I'm thinking, tomorrow, Saturday? Like when you put them in on Friday and you get them out on Saturday? He goes, yeah, this is the, this is the technology they have now for putting stents in, they go in through your arm and they put it into your heart and I said okay so what's the situation then with, with your heart <coughs> and he said to me here's the score, he says there's three arteries in my heart one's blocked one is about 40-50% oh, blocked I think he said, and not even that actually and then the other one's about 10% he says they're going to go in, they're going to flush all that out that means they're completely clear Put two wee stents in, keep them open, and I'll be fine. And I went, right, okay. <laughs> the way he was talking about it was, it was like a fucking, you're taking your car for a power wash and getting it all cleaned out. <laughs> your car's getting a valet. And I'm like, Dad, okay, is this, is this going to be okay? And he was like, yes, I'll be fine, don't worry. So he went in Friday and he got it all done, the stuff that I got, and he was telling me, you know, there was like a wee screen up in the room where they were doing the, the surgery and stuff where he could actually watch it taking place. And I went, did you look? And he went, did a fuck? He says, I'm not looking at that crap. He says, I'm bugging my guts up. I said, do you feel anything? And he says, no, I didn't actually feel anything going in. But there's this wee thing to put in. It's like a wee balloon. And they inflate it inside. And he says, I felt a bit of that. He says, but going in, nothing. I went, okay, cool. Because then... I was I was obviously pushing the panic button thinking, oh, fuck shit. But then I looked at it in the long way. So when I got off the phone with that, I actually started researching it on the phone. Me overthinking as usual. I'm a, I'm a big overthinker, guys. I always fucking have been, always will be. A lot of people who have been part of my life know that I'm a big overthinker. So I started Googling it and stuff like that. Um, because what we're doing is, we're, at this point, I was about to leave the ground and head to a hotel with the players, which, again, we'll talk about our Irish Cup day shortly. Uh, I was on the phone googling it and stuff and I was in the car with our manager and he was like what the fuck are you doing I'm, like, I'm just researching and stuff and was talking to him about my dad and whatever and it was saying obviously how good it, oh, this, this surgery and all is and all I'm thinking thank god so anyway dad had a surgery turned out well um, after our whole hectic day of football I mean our whole day was just fucking bedlam being loose now I finally get speaking to him after the game on Friday night and he was good he says, I feel great. And this is the positive thing, guys. Now, my dad's been smoking cigarettes. I think it's either since he's been 14 or 15. And my, I've always known my dad to be a smoker. Always known him to be a smoker. 
And when I was at the hospital with him on the Thursday day, I was saying, how many cigarettes have you had since you've been up here? He said, one. And I thought, okay. He says, after his surgery, now I was fucking pissed at him about this. And I says, why did you do this for? But he, he just, no. Oh. I said to him, well, sorry, he said to me, he goes, even outside, about five or six hours after his surgery, he was going to have a cigarette. And I went, why the fuck are you going to have a cigarette for? He said he took one drag out of it, and he, for the first time since he was, I think it was her 14 or 15, he didn't want to smoke. He just thought, no, I'm done. I am actually done. He broke up the cigarette, walked in, and he had a pack of cigarettes in his bag, gone. He got rid of them. And I'm kind of like, yeah, dad, okay, whatever. And he's like, no, I'm being serious. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Now, the doctor has told him, you know, to obviously quit smoking eventually, but you can't do obviously do a cold turkey if you've been smoking since you were fucking 14 or 15 years of age. Like, my dad was smoking 25, sometimes 30 cigarettes a day. You know, he has had spells over the years where he's tried to stop. He's cut away back, and then he's obviously back to it again. But he's told me. Now, dad's not a type of person, as I said earlier on this pod, this, this, this program podcast, that dad's very old school, doesn't talk about feelings that often, doesn't cry that often, whatever. And he turned around to me and he said to me, you know, he's like, for the first time ever, I don't want to smoke. All I kept thinking about was my kids, your mum, most importantly, the grandkids. And then I found out later on that he was telling mum that he says, I want to still be here to see my grandkids grow up and succeed in life before my number's called by the big man upstairs. And he said, I don't, I don't want to go anytime soon. And I'm just like, wow, that, that dad never speaks like that. Like, never. That's quite emotionally even talking about it, guys, to be honest, because you do get those little moments in life where you do get those warnings. You know, and I even said this to dad the other day. I says, dad, you know something? Well, of all the places in the world for you to have that little heart attack, at your mum and dad's graveside. Now his dad had a heart attack at the same age as what he is now, 64. But obviously back then, in the 90s, obviously technology and things like that, there are medication and whatnot, and all that stuff back then compared to now is just so much advanced now compared to then. I don't even know why they even done stents and hearts back then either, I'm not too sure. But his dad was warned with his heart attack, you know, listen, stop smoking, stop doing what you're doing. And his dad didn't listen. And his dad ended up smoking even more and ended up causing fluid in his heart and it ended up killing his dad. So I said this to dad the other day and he kind of agreed with me in a way. He says, dad, you know, I think it was an omen. You were standing there at your dad's graveside with your, with your mum and that happened to you. Whenever for months and months and months and months and months we've been saying to you for years even, the last couple of years, you know, about your health and everything else. And do you not think that's the wee sign from upstairs? From, like I'm not religious guys and by far. I've talked about this before in the podcast. I have a lot of people who are very good friends of mine who are religious and I, I, I do believe there is a God up there, but again, I'm not a church goer or nothing like that. But I said to Dad, I mean, Dad, do you not think that's a bit of a sign the fact that you're standing at your dad's graveside? And that happens to you with your mum, either as well, your mum. 
Do you not think that's a wee nudge from upstairs saying, hey, you, what, wind your neck in. Enough's enough. You know, you need to cut back. You need to be careful. You know, you've got things here to live for, like your grandkids, your own kids, your wife. You know, you need to sort of get up and give yourself a shake and live your life a bit more. And he looked at me and he went, well, maybe it probably is. I mean, that's, that's your dad probably sending you a wee message there saying, hey, son, not time to go just yet, but, you know, it's time for you to sort of wind your neck in and, and obviously be more, a bit more cautious in your life. And dad, ever since that's happened to him, obviously he's completely changed. I mean, I was with him yesterday and he was just, he's not even smoking. He's eating properly. He's eating, like, you know, stuff that he, like, I walked into his kitchen the other night and he was down making himself an egg salad. And I said to him, he, no more crap, no more chocolate. And he was like, no, 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 no. I mean, now the doctor did say to him, obviously, he could still eat bits and bobs, but the way dad was eating it before his heart attack was just fucking ridiculous. You know, instead of having one biscuit, he was having a packet. Instead of having one cigarette, he was having 25. So... We did warn him. I mean, me even 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 Tony and I were having conversations over a couple of beers last year and the year before. Dad's just going to end up fucked. He's not listening. He's not doing things that he should be doing. He's going to end up fucked. And that's what gave me the wake up call as well. A few months ago, there at the start of the year, guys, I talked about this before. I I need the things that I was starting to do. You know, I was starting to feel sorry for myself, not going out the door as much anymore. I was starting to smoke cigarettes again. I was just not looking after myself. And I thought, no, screw this shit. Now, lately, up until Dad's had his wee scare and stuff like that, I was smoking again. And I'd be the first to admit this. Since Sandra and I broke up last April, which is almost a year, actually. I can't believe it's nearly a year. Um, I started smoking again. And I mean, it wasn't going fucking mad with the cigarettes, like just maybe a few a day, whatever. And I noticed myself recently getting out of breath and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, and then when that happened to dad, I was like, done. See, I'm a type of person, I can stop smoking when I want to. I, I didn't smoke a cigarette for fucking donkey years. Donkey years. And then I met, when I started going with Sandra, she was having a wee cigarette now and again, and I was taking a wee drag off hers, and, else. and then whenever me and her broke up, I obviously, for three or four or five months, I went down a wee path where I was just feeling like shit and whatever else, and I've talked about this before, but I started smoking cigarettes, but see, once I saw that happen to my dad, I was like, no, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I can't do it. I'm not going to stand there. I'm dictated to my dad about not smoking and whatever else, whenever I want to stand there and have a cigarette, fuck that shit, I'm done. And it, it, it just shows you guys that you never know the minute. But I said this to Tony for the last year or two. It's coming with dad because he won't listen. He won't exercise. He won't stop eating shit. And for a while there, dad was losing a lot of weight. And then he piled it all back on again. And even here's the thing. I put a recent, it was his birthday there last month, and I put the birthday video up, which you all probably watched, a lot of you contacted me about and said happy birthday to dad and all, which was great, thank you very much for that, but even the next day after I put it up, dad was in my living room and I showed him the vlog on my, my TV, and he looked at me and went, Jesus Christ, Jane, his mum, he goes, look at the weight I've put on, 
and it was a few days after that that obviously that happened. So it just goes to show you. But at this present time, Dad is okay. I was out with him yesterday. I was out with him the day before, and he's doing okay. I got a couple of bits of footage of him from in the vlog. Um, like for example, yesterday, or not yesterday. What day was it? Tuesday. Tuesday it was before Lewis and I went away on Tuesday night for football. Um, Dad's car needed fixed, so we're over in Ards. Is exhausted. His car needed fixed. So we're over in Ards. I had a couple of hours to kill before he could get his car again. So Lewis and I went into we local snooker pool hall thing. Dad obviously didn't play because he couldn't drive or do anything like that. Or he couldn't play snooker pool. Dad just sat there and had a couple of wee cups of tea and whatever. Lewis and I played pool, which you'll see on the blog coming up here uh, in the next day or so. I've got a couple of bits of footage, guys. I have been recording some stuff for vlogs. So um, they are coming back. Um, just need to take a bit of time away to obviously sort out that and stuff. So. Um, but yeah, no, we, we, we were sitting there and he was in good high spirits with Lewis now on Tuesday. And then yesterday, me and him were out yesterday um, for a little bit together. And it was going, we had a good time together as well. And we we're just talking about different things and talking about, you know, obviously what happened to him. And I was just obviously sending a few home truths to him and saying like, Dad, you know, you seriously need to take it easy now. You cannot fucking like, you know, take life for granted now. You need to live your life more. And this is what I've been saying. I mean, I've been I've been harping on it, my mum and dad, for a long, long fucking time. Mum and dad are very plain living people. They don't bother much. They don't go many places. They go to their certain wee spots. And this probably sounds kind of sad. They're old school because they've never... Mum and dad's never even been abroad. You know what I mean? Mum and dad have never even been abroad. And I was talking to him about it yesterday. We were standing outside the garage where his car was getting sorted out yesterday and you know we're back over there again two days in a row and I'm standing there talking to him Dad you two have never even been abroad I mean you don't even go hardly any place the only place you ever really go to is Belfast, Bangor, Lisburn this is another place to go maybe a wee shopping trip once a year Newcastle where we used to go when we were kids fuck all in Newcastle now they've been to Liverpool two or three times my dad, he's never even been abroad. You've never even been on a, a, a summer holiday, proper summer holiday, where you've been abroad and we're a nice warm beach and whatever else. And he looked at me and he went, yeah, I know. I mean, but you know what the problem is? And I'm not specifically like saying, oh, it's a bad thing. It's the generation they grew up in where, like my mum, for example, oh, I'll never go abroad. Foreign food, can't speak English, blah, blah, blah. Like they grew up around the older generation in Belfast where they used to go, like, you used to see all these wee old grannies and grandas standing in the street corner. Girls with rollers in their fucking hair with their wee brush walking down the street going, Oh my God, you can't go abroad to Spain because... Like, halfway to these old Belfast voices, the wee granny voices. I always do this when I tell these stories. You know, they're kind of like this. It's like, Oh, you can't go abroad because all that foreign food and foreign this and foreign that. And if anything happens, they don't know who you are and they don't speak English and there's nobody over there that speaks English. And you're like... The world's not fucking like that anymore, you know. And I even said this to mum because you know mum's obviously had her illnesses over the past beforehand. And I said, mum says, "Oh, what happens if I take sick out there?" And blah blah blah. I was like, "But mum, you go to hospital, and they push a button on a computer, and they get your medical history within seconds. And if you have travel insurance, you're sweet." Oh no, I can't take. I don't know who I am. I don't speak English. Blah blah. I was like, "Mum, 
I went to fucking Spain 11 years ago and the hotel that I stayed in with my, my kid's mum and me and Brooke and Lewis and my cousin, his wife and all his kids at the time, about fucking 60 or 70% of the hotel were all British tourists or people from Northern Ireland or Scotland or England or wherever. They're all English speaking. The staff could all speak English even though they were Spanish. Oh no, I can't. It's that old generation, guys. They they're just don't know. But Dad, I think Dad now since this heart attack has realised, fuck this shit, I want to go away and I want to live my life now, I want to see more of the world, I want to do more things, I want to get up, and I've been saying that to them for years, get up off your fucking ass and go and live your life, you know what I mean, before Covid, Dad got his retirement, and he got a, he got a, a retirement settlement from his job in the council after so many fucking years, whatever it was, I said to him, Dad, my dad's a massive, and I mean massive Elvis fan. Dad's gr- dream has always been two things in life. Well, he's had a couple of things, but two main ones to go to, go to Liverpool. What's the Liverpool game? Which I gave it to him on his 60th birthday, which if you're a long-time follower of my channel, you know yourself. I took him there for his 60th birthday and he was over the moon. And also to go to Graceland. And when he got all his retirement, and I was like, Dad, you're retired now. Pack your shit and fucking go to Graceland. See this place before your time's up. Live your life. Go to the world. Go and see the world. And he was like, I was like, oh, but your mum won't go abroad and blah, 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 blah. Oh, well, she doesn't want to go abroad then. I'll go fucking with you. I'll take you to Graceland. We'll go together. You know, and I was like, dad, lies for living. You cannot sit around nowadays especially because life passes you by too fucking quick. You know what I mean? Life, life's too quick. Life, life goes by too quick. And, I, and I've learned this myself personally over the last couple of years. You know, this time 10 years ago, guys, well, 11 years ago, 12 years ago, I was sitting happily married with a wife, two kids, a car, money in the bank, a nice house, a good job, and I had everything. I had it all. Everything that I always wanted as, a, as me growing up. I always wanted a wife, a car, a kids, a job, money in the bank, a house, a lot. And within a month, I lost it all. I lost everything. Didn't even get to see Brooke and Lewis anymore for a while. And I, I remember sitting. I ended up with everything and I ended up with nothing. I ended up on Tony's sofa with not two pennies to rub together. No job, no wife, no kids, no car, no fuck all. I had nothing. Taken away in the blink of an eye. And I had to fight back to get everything back again. And then lucky enough, I got it all back. I got things back and obviously where I am today. But the point is, everything you have can be taken away in a heartbeat. I've learned that in recent years as well. You know, with losing my best friend who died really, really young. You know, traveling so much with the kiddies, going to Liverpool games, going away on summer holidays and stuff. Stuff that I didn't have the chance to do when I was smaller because mum and dad obviously struggled to get by because, you know, the times were tough back then. That's why I give my kids the life that they have today. And then recently, with my recent breakup and my relationship, I thought I was settled and happy and I was over the moon, joyed, happy, starting to feel good about myself again. And then in the blink of an eye, boom, gone. And I think to myself, fuck, life's too short. I can't live like this no more. And this is what I keep telling my kids. Life's too short. Live your life. Be happy. You know, I try and tell my kids to live a better life than what I did. Because life is too short. 
Like there's times I sit here, guys, every week and think to myself, my God, this time so many years ago my friend was still alive or like this many years ago I was still married or this time two years ago I was happy, whatever. Or, I, I, I should have done this, I should have done that. I, maybe I need, I need to do this, maybe I need to do that. I, I said this to Dad the other day, Dad, seriously, you know, I know you're obviously much older than me and, you know, but at the end of the day, I've always seen you and Mum just being so simple and never going away anywhere, never hardly doing anything. You're always a fucking home. You're always. Does this heart attack not give you a fucking wake up call? And then I was sitting in his kitchen table yesterday afternoon, and he goes, "I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't live like this no more. I need to. I, and I don't expect him to get up and go right. I want to start booking holidays all around the world and doing this and blah 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 blah. Just, just literally appreciate life more than what you had beforehand." Consider this God's way of warning you. Oi, you, stop living your life this way. Try and change and be happier and try and, you know. Because I always say when the big man upstairs calls your number, when it's time to go, it's time to go and there's no arguments about it. It's time to fucking go. And that's why I make so many memories with my kitties. And people always ask me all the time, you know, when I'm on YouTube, why do you make so many YouTube videos? Why are you always doing this and doing that? And even my own mum has said to me, Jesus, I remember up until before COVID, she always used to be on the phone with me going, fucking hell, son, you're never home. You're always having them kids out and about. You're always traveling, blah, blah, blah. You're doing all that. Why are you doing it? Because life's too short, mum. I'm not a hermit. I don't sit at home. I I I I done it for a long, long time, a long time, guys. This is the first time I've ever met at this on the podcast or the YouTube channel. When I was married, I never hardly went out the fucking door. I was either work, home, kids, bed, up work, kids, home, bed, up work, kids, home, bed, every day like a fucking robot. We went on one summer holiday the whole time. Now, before the kids were born, me and their mom went to America twice. To watch WrestleMania in Florida and Detroit. And I was in obviously a few hour WrestleManias before that, and the likes of uh, New York and Chicago and stuff. But no, when I really had kids, it was like no, up in the morning, kids off to school, work, home, kids bed, then you bed. It was like a robot system every day. And I'm thinking, now nah, fuck that shit. I'm not living my life like this no more. Uh uh-uh, uh, not a chance. I'm now living my life the way I want to fucking live it. And go back to dad again. That's what I said to him. Dad, look at the way I changed my life. Many times a year I go to Liverpool. Many trips I take away with the kids. Look where I've been in the last year. Liverpool, Cardiff, Manchester, Blackpool. You know, all these different places I've been to. Dublin. All these different places I've been to. Over the last lot of year. Over the last year especially. And you and mum don't really go that many places. You need to get up and live your fucking life. Take this as a warning from the man upstairs to live your life. So dad obviously is now in good spirits. He's doing okay. Um, I was talking to him last night on the phone. He's doing all right. Um, he's just dad. He's just being dad and he's grand. And he's 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 a stubborn shit and he knows that. But he, he realises now that that was a warning. From the big man upstairs, and he now has said to himself that he needs to make those changes now before it's too late. And I hope he does follow through on it, guys, because to be quite honest with you, I don't really fancy losing dad anytime soon. I really don't fancy losing dad anytime soon. Now, growing up, 
uh, uh, with dad obviously dad worked in, in, in local council he was working his fucking tail off to the bone I didn't really get to see him as much because obviously he was away working all the time in the councils and stuff I seen him at night time whatever else but I mean he never really came to many of my football matches and things like that when I played for the school football team and whatnot and all different things because he was always working because he was the only one in the household working and back then obviously with minimum wage not being so fucking shit and the way the living thing where people live back in those days it was completely different than now but I mean, I do appreciate obviously everything he done from working and stuff all those years to provide and put food on the table and whatnot. And obviously, he, he's starting to make up with it now and later in life because obviously with me being older now and stuff, and then obviously he has grandkids now, which he adores all three of his grandkids. You know, um, he sees Brooklyn Lewis more than what he sees Tony's daughter. Well, he sees Tony's daughter more now because she's got older, but he he worships all three of his grandkids. You know what I mean? And his grandkids are his life. And funny enough, before I had kids, and before Tony had kids, Dad was a bit of a ticking time bomb sometimes. But once he had grandkids, I think they were the the, the key to, to the lock of making Dad more relaxed and, and, and chilled out more in life. Um, but now, with what happened to him recently... I think he's now woke up and realised, Jesus, I've had, I've been given a warning here, and I hope to pray to God, you know, that he does obviously pay heed to it, and he does listen to it, and he realises, you know, fuck me, I've had a warning here, I need, because uh, I don't, I don't want Dad going anytime soon, you know what I mean? I want Dad to be here for another twenty or thirty years, you know what I mean? Because sixty four still fucking young. But again, mum and dad come from that generation where when you get into your 60s, you're basically an old age pensioner and you're ready for the fucking knacker's yard. And this is what I keep telling mum all day. Mum's 60s, not an, an old age anymore compared to what it was whenever you were younger. You know, when I was a kid growing up, when you hit 60s, you were classed as an OAP, old age pensioner. Uh, no. when you're, I see people now in their 60s who are fucking jumping out of bloody airplanes and climbing mountains and fucking living their life to the fullest. You know what I mean? It's, you're not an old age pensioner anymore. You're not ready for the knackers yard at 64 anymore or 60, whatever it is. So, but all, in all, all, guys, he is doing well at the minute. He's recovering well. He's resting up. And hopefully this is the warning that he's needed to wake up and change his life for the better. Because we don't want to lose him anytime soon. So we don't because it would just be really strange not having him about anymore. I don't know what day is eventually going to come, eventually, but at the end of the day, I don't want to lose him anytime soon. So I don't, so... But before I end the subject of on Dad, I mean, guys, once again, your response to Dad has been fucking on, but I, I couldn't say another bad word about it. You've been unbelievable. So you have, you've been phenomenal with all your messages and your... Oh, gee whiz, you've been sending, been sending me audio recordings on Instagram, audio recordings on Facebook, just saying, get well soon, Brian, we, know we want you to get well soon, and guys, from the bottom of my heart and from all, from all my family, thank you so much for all your support, I really do appreciate it, it's been unbelievable, I don't even know what more to say about it all, it's just been fucking unbelievable, but it's been a tough week or two, and here's hoping that this is just a wee blip in the life of Dad, and obviously get moving on and moving into the future, but... Right, what else have I been up to since I've been speaking about obviously the whole thing about dad? I've just looked at the wee recording device I have here. 55 minutes. Fucking hell, I've been talking a lot about dad. <laughs> um, guys, before we continue on, there's no jackass of the week this week because I just wanted to dedicate this podcast to dad. Um, so a lot of you have been sending in some things about jackass of the week this week, but um, there you go. 
Yes, um, what else have you been up to? Fuck me. Football related? Jesus Christ, what a night we had on Friday night with the Welders. Biggest game, well, one of the biggest games in the club's history. They played Lauren in the Irish Cup quarterfinals. Unfortunately, we lost 1-0 in the 91st minute. We were we were actually missing 10 players because of suspensions and injuries. And being our players being cup-tied from, obviously, before the sign-fours in January. Um, yeah. Guys, what a way to lose to the Premier League leaders. 1-0 in the very last minute of the game. What a bumper crowd. What a massive night for the club. Guys, seriously, go to Welders TV on YouTube and check out the highlights from the game. The inside match day footage, the Irish Cup quarterfinal diary that Lewis and I created throughout the day for Welders TV where you see them. It was an unbelievable day, guys. We were there from the ground from about quarter to 11, half 10, quarter to 11 in the morning. Um, it was a bit of a sample of what it would be like to work for an actual full, full-time football team. We were there first thing in the morning, and the boys had an early training session. And then we went down to our social club for a bit of breakfast, which or lunch, sorry, which was just fucking unbelievable. The food was incredible. Um, then we went off to a lovely swanky hotel, which I'm going to show you some footage of very, very soon, called the Le Mans Hotel. Yes, a very swanky country resort type thing. Um, in Belfast, we went there for a couple of hours for a bit of R&R, but some of the boys went and chilled out, and some of them went and put their head down for a couple of hours. Um, it was just a basic way for us to switch off from the whole hype for the big game that night. Then we went back to the ground at about tea time. Um, then the boys had a team meeting, and then they went and prepared for the game itself. Guys, the team were unbelievable. What a phenomenal effort. They took the, the Premier League leaders and... Richest club in the country to the limit, right to the very end. And unfortunately, they lost in the last minute, which was a bit of a fucking heartbreaker. Um, massive bumper crowd, a couple of thousand at the game. The ground looked phenomenal under the lights with all the big massive crowd. It looked brilliant. What an experience for Lewis and I. Um, I said to Lewis, this is probably what it'll be like one day if the Welders ever get to the Premier League. Bumper crowds, big games, you know, big atmospheres. And he was like, Dad, I want this more. So I was kind of like, yeah, me too. I mean, I'm in the game 13 years in the Irish League. I've had a few big nights, you know, like cup finals and things like that. Big games against Premiership opposition and whatever, but I've always wanted to work in the Premier League, so maybe it'll happen someday. Fingers crossed. But overall, a massive night for the club. Now, a lot of you did come up to the game. as I promoted it on social media and stuff and talked about it on the podcast. And a lot of you who support the Moon Army were there and you were coming over and a lot of people from Lauren were there. Who watched the vlogs, believe it or not. Um, even grown men and women, like people adults in their fifties and more, like it's like holy shit. People getting selfies and talking to us and asking about dad and it was just fucking unbelievable. What an experience. Neutral fans from all across Belfast, whatever, coming up and saying hello and taking selfies with Lewis and I. Even Lewis got his own chant from our supporters, uh, who sit behind the goal rig that were called the Welders Ultra fans. They even had a custom-made drum built for the game. Uh, they were singing Lewis's songs, Oh Lewis, We Love You, <laughs> from the side of the pitch. You know, just unbelievable. Night, guys. It's a night that I would never, ever forget in football. And the boys worked their socks off, and it was an overall fantastic day, and we had a great time. So go to Welders TV, guys. Check out all the Irish uh, Cup diary videos, the whole day leading up to the game. Check out the, the Inside Match Day video that Lewis and I created from all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Also, check out the social media feeds of the Welders on Facebook and Twitter. And also, check out the match highlights, guys, and all the other good stuff there on Welders TV. Because it was an unbelievable day, and it's a day that we will never, ever forget any time soon. We were also football on Tuesday night in Fermanagh. 
Enniskillen, Toronto, Enniskillen, Baldemar, it's called the town. Welders were back in league action, and again, kicking the balls, beating the last minute again, last fucking Tuesday night, beat 2 1 in the last kick of the game. The manager made a lot of changes because the boys obviously retired from Friday night and stuff. Um, unfortunately, the changes didn't work out, they lost 2 1 in the league, so. Um, bit of a kick in the balls long drive, drive home didn't get back home to be fucking 12.30 at night what a long long trip it was um, but in closing about football guys well long well, or we something I want to talk about just to be sec here um, this Saturday if you're in the Belfast area the East Belfast Derby ourselves and our local rivals Dundella at Blansflower Stadium this Saturday guys we're going to be there if you want to come along and say hello to us watch a really good game of football it's going to be a really really good game Come along to Blansflower this Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock kickoff, and it's going to be another great game. The last, If it's anything like the, Dar- the Derby from last Christmas time, fuck me, what a game. 2-0 down, we'll work and back them in 3-2. Bumper crowd, big crowd, electric atmosphere. Get yourselves to Blansflower this Saturday, guys, because Lewis and I will be there as usual, working for Welders TV and working for the Welders itself. So if you see us there, come up and say hello. Not a problem. We'll talk away to you and stuff. If you want to come watch some good Irish League football, Blansflower Stadium just off the Hollywood Road in Belfast. Kick off 3 o'clock. All information for any of our future fixtures, check out the Welders website, weldersfc.co.uk or their social media pages, guys, because there's some really good stuff on there and you can get some get behind a good, a good honest, working-class football club who do a lot for the community. Like, trust me, they do a lot for the community. In recent weeks, I've been a part of seeing them doing presentations for local schools and local charity groups uh causes that are in need they were donating uh, money to these causes like it's a overall a, a unbelievable community uh it's a, it's a good community club and the stadium facilities a seven million pound stadium the facilities are this world so guys you'll be getting along the belfast for better football you know and a top of the range complex as well and great surroundings, and it's an overall great day for you. Blansflower Stadium this Saturday, guys. Three o'clock against Dundell. It's going to be it's going to be a bit of a, a feisty one, been Derby, but I'm looking forward to it. So we we'll look forward to seeing you there. Anyway, let's get on to something I wanted to bring up. Something nice and cheerful. Something nice and cheerful. Because a lot of you have been asking me questions. I've just put something in social media last night asking these all um, for questions, and a lot of you were asking me questions about this. Liverpool 7, that's right, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Holy fuck. (laughs) What the fuck happened at Anfield this past week? Liverpool 7, that's right, not 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, but 7, Liverpool, or sorry, Manchester United 0. Seriously, what in the actual fuck happened at that game our live reaction videos doing quite well actually for views as well <laughs> i put a live reaction video up i'm sorry i got a little bit out of hand but i don't give a shit how often do we beat man united 7-0 unbelievable seven fucking nil could not believe it when i heard when i seen the game in front of my eyes it was like oh my we were offered tickets for that game too and i said the last week so would you want to go and he was like now the way we're playing the minute dad and the way United are playing they're probably going to beat us or it's going to be a draw board will draw and I thought well it's my United versus Liverpool let's go and he was like no so we ended up not going and after the full time whistle went I looked at Lewis and I went are you, I am actually pissed at you anymore 
we could have went to that fucking game and he went I know I'm kind of raising dad sorry it was like fuck yeah <laughs> it was kind of like the Barcelona game years ago the 4-0 turnaround I said to Lewis what tickets for it here do you want to go no we're going to get hammered dad we're 3-0 down blah 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 but the only good thing to come out of that was we ended up getting a viral video out of it where our video was now currently sitting on YouTube our reaction video with 6 million views which blew our channel up and helped us build the Moor Army which was a good thing so but yeah 7-0 Seen all the jokes of the lot. I'm not going to talk much more about it. Um, Man United supporters, like, you know, I've seen all these jokes over the last couple of days, you know, seven up drink and uh, all these different scenarios floating about and stuff like that. And I must admit, though, I did post a few on uh, social media myself, on my own personal page, to wind a few United supporters up because I've had to put up that bullshit from them for years. So, and then I saw a cracking thing last, was it last night, night before? Jimmy Carragher on a American the Paramount, they do the Champions League coverage, and he was talking to Peter Schmeichel, who's an ex-Manchester United goalkeeper at Stamford Bridge, and he was saying to him, you know, seven, seven, I mean, was, our sentence was seven, seven, seven. <laughs> I've seen all the different jokes and all the different things, but to be quite honest with you guys, all jokes aside, Man United did fall apart in that second half. I mean, they were 1-0 down after the first, at first time, we'll just score before half time. Just before half time with Gakpo, and nobody could have predicted what Liverpool done in that second half. Nobody could have predicted that seven fucking nil. They were all oh, they ripped Man United to shreds, to pieces. So they did. Here's something they can perform like that whenever we play Real Madrid here in a couple of weeks at the Bernabeu, which is another game I was offered tickets for, and I said no. So if they end up turning that game around. I will legitimately fucking kick myself. But, listen, in closing, uh, Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Ha ha. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But no, I couldn't I couldn't believe it, guys. I've seen a lot of great Liverpool performances over the years. You know, the likes of the Barcelona game, the, the Champions League night against Olympiacos, all the different things. I've had heartbreak on Anfield as well over the years. For example, the night Arsenal won the league title back in 1989 with uh, Michael Thomas scoring in the last minute. Um, just all these different things like Blackburn Rovers lifting the Premier League title at, at Anfield. I was glad to see Blackburn win the league that year, though, I must say, because they could stop United from winning the league that year. Um, Blackburn Rovers were the only team to actually lift the trophy at Anfield in front of the supporters. Think of that one. It's a bit of a kick in the balls. But... In all seriousness, no, 7 0. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, a bit of good news this week as well. I posted on social media last night. Uh, Lewis done a recent exam at school and he came in last night and showed me the exam paperwork from school and he got 100%. 100%. And uh, a recent CA is called an exam um, to do with computers and whatnot and he got 100%. So a big shout out to Lewis. Well done, son. Very proud of you. Posted it on Instagram and Facebook and all last night there. I don't think I've actually posted it on the, the fan page. I'll post that on later on today. Um, so big congratulations to Lewis. He got 100% in his recent CA results in school. So fair play to him. Um, well done, son. Very, very proud of you. What I'm going to do is now, guys, I want to jump on here for a couple of wee quick questions before I head down the road. As I said, you know Jackass of the week this week, guys, because I want to dedicate the podcast to Dad... So, um, let's have a look here at some of your wee questions. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking clear before I turned this on today. So I've got my wee phone here. I'm going to pull out my uh, 
questions from Instagram, first of all. Um, here's one here now. This is a very interesting one, especially with all this. It's a bit of a political question, actually, from Michael Dobbin. Um, all the stuff going on here in Northern Ireland. You've probably heard in the news about all the protocol bullshit and all the crap that's been going on with Northern Ireland and Stormont and whatever else. And Michael Dobbin has said to me here, he sent me a question yesterday. I'll put a thing out in social media, guys. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's official Matthew Moore. Or if you want to follow the uh, Moore on my YouTube channel, Facebook page, drop a like on the page as well for me, guys. I would appreciate it. Or email me, Podcast at yahoo.com. Michael, first of all, says here, question for the podcast tomorrow, Matthew, do you ever think we'll be a united Ireland? That's a very interesting question. Um, Michael, to be quite honest with you, in my lifetime, probably not. Because there's a lot of people out there who don't want it. A lot of people out there who do want it. Um, Is it the right thing to do to put Ireland together as one? It's It's a debate we could talk about for hours. We could get into a whole political debate about it. Um, do I think it's going to happen in my lifetime? Probably not. Do you think it's going to happen in my kids' lifetime? At the moment, the way the whole politics in this country is? Probably not. Um, I know a lot of people who want it. I know a lot of people who don't want it. I know a lot of people from both sides of the community. Protestants specifically obviously don't want it, of course. Um, a lot of people in our community as well don't really give a shit. I know a lot of people from the other side of the community, the Catholic community, who really are for it. They want it. And then I see, I know a very good friend of mine who I'll not give his name out because obviously I don't want to drop him in a bit of shit. But he's from the Catholic side of the community and he doesn't want it. So again, it's a whole big debate. And you've probably heard about bang outside there. Somebody's just emptying bins or whatever as I sit in front of my house here. Um, I don't know if you can hear that or not, guys, because I'm recording the podcast here in my living room today. There's a guy I'd say, I don't know what he's doing, he looks like he's taking glass balls or something out (laughs) Um, but yeah I know a lot of people who want it, I know a lot of people who don't want it but in my lifetime I can't see it happening, to be quite honest with you, again, I could be I might be surprised, but I don't know right, one here from a regular listener and viewer, Ryan has said here, hi Matthew, question for tomorrow's podcast you will be on YouTube seven years this month on the 22nd of March, which I know I will be. Don't you worry about that. We're doing a video for that. We've talked about that yesterday, actually. What has been your favourite video on YouTube? I've been asked this a million times over the last seven years. My favourite video has been Brooke did face masks on you. I actually posted a memory about that on Instagram recently. <laughs> um, I, Ryan, I honestly, I've said this before, there's so many videos that... I can't really point a finger on it's been the best one. Seven years on YouTube. Like, guys, seven years ago, it was a little girl, Brooke, who came to me at the age of 10 saying, Daddy, Daddy, let's go on YouTube. And I'm like, what? And she goes, Daddy, you're already on YouTube with football and stuff, you know. These YouTubers make loads of money and stuff, and they're famous and stuff. And I'm going, I okay, Brooke, bye-bye, darling. And then she came back to me again, and... She said, a week or so later, she's like, Daddy, come on, we give it a go and see how it goes. It might work, it might not work. I was like, Brooke, go away. She came back again. I think I've told this story before, actually. She came back again, and I was like, Brooke, listen, darling, away you go. Daddy, please give it a go, me. I'll think about it. She came back again, it was like, right, okay, we'll give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, and I get in trouble for it, and I get a lot of abuse, it's your fault. Right, okay, Daddy, let's give it a go. Fuck me, seven years later, I'm still here. <laughs> 
I mean, at the end of the day, guys, I've been making videos since even before YouTube even existed. I was going through a lot of old footage and hard drives there a couple of months back when I was in, like, Florida and stuff like that there, and I'm recording stuff walking around a 7-Eleven store on my own. And it actually is, is like a fucking vlog. It's weird. Now, there's obviously footage from that holiday in America, or ones from the holiday in America, where obviously Brooke's mum and mum's in it, but obviously Brooke and Lucy's mum's in it, but I can't put her on the vlog for a lot of reasons. But I've kept that footage, obviously, for Brooke and Lewis whenever they're older. If they want to keep that footage, they can. Because at the end of the day, it's their mum, you know what I mean? Um, but there's stuff there in that, them videos, like my trips to America and all, on my own, which I need to get those videos out because it is like a vlog. It's fucking weird when you look back at it. The early 2000s and stuff, and I'm going, holy shit, that's like a fucking vlog. You know, maybe great to get put out for content. But yeah, seven years, guys. It's it's It's, it's weird. We're going to be doing a wee video this week, obviously, to talk about our memories of seven years on on on, uh, on YouTube. It's been a, it's been a hell of a fucking ride, though. And the amount of people that we've met over the last seven years is just scary. Scary is the amount of people who have supported us even from the very start is unbelievable. Mega messages from people all the time, sharing their memories and stuff. And it's just unbelievable the support we get. I mean, at the very start, it was a very slow start. You know, we started where it was like a couple of hundred views at the most. And then all of a sudden, when the Barcelona video hit, it was just like fucking mental. I mean, we've had so many. It's fluctuated up and down with views and stuff over the last couple of years. Um, but again, the people have stuck by us. And I really do appreciate it. More than you'll ever actually know. How much we've supported, we've enjoyed this ride. So we have. So, right, let's get into some of your emails. Uh, thanks for your message, by the way. Um, but I can't pick a favorite video. It's just a fucking melee. Okay, one here from Ross. Hey, Matthew, just wanted to ask you a quick question. I know you're a pop final collection collector, sorry. Um, and I just wanted to know how many you're currently sitting at. I'm currently sitting at 53. Do you have any more than what I have? Let us know your update on your Funko Pop collection. I know you have a few you're collecting for WWE and obviously more. What is your current number for Pop Final collections? <laughs> Hope your dad gets well soon. Uh, send him my love and thoughts and prayers from myself, my mum and dad, my family as well. Ross from Barking in England. Barking? I bark. Where the fuck's Barking? Is it bar? I don't know. Anyway, it says Barking here in the email. Where should I start my Funko Pop? Where I'm recording this podcast right now, I'm actually looking at four new four new Funko Pops. I actually got delivered the other day, and I have more to come. Do you want to, you, you don't even want to know, Ross, how many fucking Funko Pops I have. Tony tells me off all the time. He's like, "Bro, you have too many. Where are you going to put them all?" Like I literally, legitimately bar the occasional maybe five or six rare ones that I can't get my hands on because they're too expensive. I legitimately nearly have every single collector pop for WWE. I've got Queen Pop toys, Liverpool Pop toys. Uh, what else do I have? Fuck me. Gee whiz. I've got a couple of movie ones. I've got Muhammad Ali Pop toys. I've got Ice Hockey Pop toys. I would say I've the guts of a good few hundred now. And the ones I got delivered the other day was more WWE ones. I got the new Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley. Ricky Steamboat from back in the day, back in the old 90s, 
WWF days and a double pop with the ring standing side of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. I've got more to come from Australia in the next few days and then they're bringing more out in the summer. Yeah, I need to stop buying Funko Pops. <laughs> but Ross, yeah, uh, I got far more than fucking 50, trust me. But at the end of the day, it's a wee hobby. I'm collecting them. And there's some of them are actually worth a lot of money. And I mean that, guys. They're worth a lot of fucking money. There's ones there that I've bought for 40 and 50 quid. And now they're worth three, four, five hundred quid. I got a Rey Mysterio one there. Delivered there from a guy in England there last week, the week before. And it's worth a few hundred quid. I've got a customised one. Um, a Hulk Hogan one that was customised by a customiser in... I think it was the States. And I went on the eBay there. He only made 20 of them. I think it was either 10 or 20 of them he made. And I went on the eBay and there was someone selling one. And it was sitting at a grand. A fucking grand. Which was unbelievable. So it was unbelievable for a custom pop toy. For a fucking pop toy. Really? But here, it could be worse. It could be in the worst. It could be in the drinking. Well, I do have a beer once a week. But it could be in the fucking drugs and all other nonsense that it shouldn't be. And bad stuff, but if I'm not, so, yeah. So, Ross, thanks for your question. I'll tell Dad you're asking about him. Thanks for the email. I do appreciate it. Okay. Moving on. Let's go on to another one here from Liam. Liam writes in the email. Hi, Matthew. Just wanted to send you an email to well wish your dad and hope he's doing well. I was so shocked to hear that your dad had a heart attack last week. My father had a heart attack back in 2014. Unfortunately, he passed away a year later. Due to the same thing. He did not survive. My heart was broken when I saw your dad being so ill. Your dad is a great character. Love watching him on the vlogs. He needs to be in the vlogs more often. We love his quick wit attitude. And we'll go back and watch some of the older vlogs. Where you did not beep out any of the bad language. Where your dad was fuck this, fuck that. Which we thought was absolutely hilarious. Get your dad into more vlogs. We want to see him speak more. I recently came across your old video from back in the day of the tin can challenge. Holy fuck! The tin can challenge. Do you remember that, guys? Oh, Jesus Christ. Go and watch that on the channel. Trust me, you'll piss yourself. We ate everything that day between fucking cat food, dog food. What else did we eat? Fucking, oh my God, raw food. You name it. The tin can challenge. Go back and watch it from back in the day. Uh, go back into the email here. Um... Which we love so much, we, we laugh so hard at that. Your dad has a stomach like a waist skip, which is true. Trust me, I'll tell you a story about that in just a second. Um, send him my well wishes. Enjoy your podcast, love all your videos. Take care from your all you and all your family and beyond. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for your email, I do appreciate it. Yes, dad has got a stomach like a fucking waist skip. He used to make a thing back in the day, because back in our days of the wrestling, where we used to be, a, I used to have my own wrestling company, dad was actually one of the referees. Um, one time we used to have the we used to have the boys around sometimes for like maybe a, a wrestling pay per view. We have a few beers and stuff. This one particular time back in two thousand and seven, we were having this barbecue at my back one time with a couple of the wrestlers and whatever else, and we we're just chilling out and whatever. And Dad made it this thing called he, Dad's rest referee name and character name was Cue Ball because of the bald head and whatever else. The kids absolutely adored him. The kids used to come to the shows and all dressed up as him with the bald cap. At the time, he never had a goatee beard; he just had a mustache. So the, the kids were coming with the ball caps and the moustaches and stuff and dressed as dad. And dad was just like, the, the kids absolutely worship dad, like they love him to bits. And uh, so anyway, this one particular time we were all around and he, he made this burger called the Q-Ball Burger. 
and the guys were like, what the fuck? Like, why Cuba burger? This burger had fucking everything in it. I mean, all different types of sauces, meats. Fucking, it even had crisps in it, or as you Americans like to call them, chips. It had fries, or chips we call them here. Burgers, different types of sauces, <coughs> all different types of vegetables, and fucking, oh, you name it. It had chocolate sauce, it had everything in this fucking burger. It was disgusting. And one of our wrestlers at it went, it's actually quite nice. And I'm going, are you serious? And then he wrote, he wrote me a text message two days later saying, what the fuck did your dad put in that burger? I've had the shits for two days. <laughs> oh, dad, dad has a stomach like a waist skip a couple of years ago as well. I must actually dig this photograph off my Facebook and post it on Instagram or something. He took a, fo- he took a chocolate eclair bun, opened it up, Chinese, you know them chicken balls you get from the Chinese on the inside and put sweet and sour sauce over the top of it and he fucking ate it. Yeah. He's a fucking nutcase. Like, that has a stomach like a skip and I got about half the reason why he ended up with a fucking heart attack because he eats a lot of shit which he's obviously not doing anymore. But little things he used to create and eat. Like, I remember seeing Dad when I was a kid like, when my mum was like cooking stuff with cooking chocolate he was walking big bites of cooking chocolate. Like, you know yourself, that cooking chocolate, you eat it raw, you end up with the shits. Dad didn't give a shit. He just did it anyway. So, yeah, that Tin Can Challenge video, guys, go back and watch it. Un-fucking-believable. <laughs> Dad is nuts. So, thanks for your email. <laughs> I do appreciate it. Uh, guys, that's going to bring us to the end of the emails and stuff, because I've got so many. I've been replying to a couple of these over the last few days when I've had an hour or two to myself. It's just been unbelievable. I'm going to bring this podcast in because I've been talking here for an hour and 20 minutes and i got to get up and get this podcast put out today and I've got to go because I'm out this afternoon and then i got to come back home and i got to clean the house and get everything ready and then tomorrow, tonight I'm going to have a nice wee night to myself tonight where I'm going to finally be able to relax and have a beer and chill out and stuff. Um, I'm going to go out and put an hour's walk in, a walk in for an hour before I, I have a beer as well tonight just to chill out and stuff. So... But before I go, once again, guys, thank you so much once again for all your support over the last couple of days. Um, it's been amazing listening to you. Uh, as I said, yeah, I did record a podcast uh, for last Tuesday. There, I still have it here. I'm, I'm actually going to probably just drop it and put it out there because I talked about a lot of stuff. And for what I remember, I actually talked about uh, bullying and I talked about all different things going on too as well. And it, it was a really, really, really good podcast and I thoroughly enjoyed recording it. Because there was a lot of really good subjects brought up in it by by the listeners, and I want to obviously put it out there. But then obviously Dad had his turn and stuff, so I'll try and get that out before the end of the weekend, guys. But yes, once again, before I go, thank you so much for all your support and love. It means a lot to me and my family. You do not understand how much it does mean meaning more to me. Um, a bit of an update before I go in relation to merchandise and obviously the the move to other platforms as well. That was supposed to happen last week. We were supposed to launch on iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio last week. But again, obviously with me being away with Dad and whatever else, I haven't had a chance to get anything sorted out. I was supposed to drop the Jackass of the Week t-shirt last week. But again, that's all been put on hold because obviously with Dad having his, his, his heart attack last week. So I want to get onto the ball of that before the end of the weekend because I want to get us out there. We're also going to be on SoundCloud, guys. Uh, a lot of you have been asking me to put the podcast on SoundCloud, which I'm going to do because um, a lot of you are SoundCloud listeners out there so yes um, we're going to put you on SoundCloud 
Um, but we're trying to get, or uh, was the, determined to get us on to the iHeartRadio and get us on to uh, TuneIn Radio because TuneIn Radio is a fucking massive platform to be on. So it is. Um, thousands of podcasts on there, radio stations from all around the world. TuneIn Radio is used by millions of people all across the globe and we're trying to get ourselves on there. Plus, we're trying to get ourselves on to the Google uh, Home and also uh, the Siri and Alexa and stuff like that there as well. So that was all put on hold because I was supposed to have a meeting with a guy last Wednesday. We're going to get all the final details put together for that, but we will get it sorted, guys. I promised you this will happen. It will happen. But we're still available on Apple Music. Spotify, which a lot of you do follow us and stream us on there. And if you're listening to us here on the YouTube channel as well here on YouTube, thank you very much. Don't forget to hit subscribe below, guys, and follow the Murami podcast as well. Right, I'm going to go, guys. So once again, thanks for all your support. Love you all. It means a lot. I'll try and get back to a lot of your social media messages over the next couple of days because there's fucking thousands of you. Oh, you have my head melted a lot of you, but I love you all. These are all amazing people. Whether you love us, hate us, or whatever, you know, if you drop a message to us, thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Uh, oh, here, by the way, before we go, I forgot to actually mention, and Lewis is going to kick myself for it. Uh, Lewis has launched his own Wii merch on his own YouTube channel. So go and check it out, guys. Uh, Lewis Moore um, on YouTube. Just type L U I S for Lewis, name Moore. Follows Wii channel. And I think he's put the links in his description. He's trying to get himself a Wii merch store set up. So even if you don't have to buy anything, just go and visit it and give him a wee bit of support I would appreciate it because he's trying his hardest God love him right guys once again thank you so much for all your love and support and until Tuesday I'm going to try and get our podcast out before the end of the week it's recorded and all just need to get it out um, thanks for all your support guys do appreciate it love you all so until the next podcast guys enjoy your weekend whatever you're up to I'm going to have a great weekend at football and whatnot hopefully Liverpool get a Norwin too as well and again I'll send all your thoughts and prayers on the dad as well over the weekend too as well Thank you very much for your support, guys. Love you all so much. So until the next one, I'll see you all down the road, guys. Thanks for listening.